Hi, welcome back to the SaaS Open Mic by ChartMogul. So usually our guests on this podcast are SaaS founders and leaders. But today we're going to be looking at things from a slightly different perspective. I'm speaking to Jess Bartos. She's an investor with Salesforce Ventures. The topic for today is the five metrics that matter for any market condition, as Jess will explain in a sec. Those five metrics are growth, net dollar retention, gross margin, rule of 40, and bird multiples. I'm your host, Bianca Wilk. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Jess. Hi, Jess. Welcome to the SaaS Open Mic. Are you ready to get started? I am. Hi, Bianca. Thanks for having me. To get started, could you tell us a little bit more about your background? How did you get into investing and how did you get started in the SaaS world? Absolutely. So I'm an investor with Salesforce Ventures. I'm based here in London and I cover our investments in EMEA. I've been in VC investing for three years now, always focused on B2B software and B2B fintech models. Prior to joining Salesforce Ventures, I was covering the UK VC market with a firm called Albion VC here in London. And I got into VC because of my attraction to, to high growth businesses, businesses that are disrupting traditional markets, that are bringing really compelling new products that are sort of making life easier across all sorts of businesses. And I found that a really attractive sector to support. And the, the opportunity to work with really compelling entrepreneurs that are building these new businesses and doing something brand new and quite brave in the world. Prior to VC, I was an investment banker with Rothschild. I was doing mergers and acquisitions advisory for tech, media, and telecom businesses, both in the New York and so covering U.S. markets and, and in London covering European markets. And there I got to work with, you know, more traditional software businesses, more you know, mature software businesses that were slower growing and had older products, as well as, you know, consumer internet businesses and communications businesses. And it was in working in businesses that are outside of the high growth tech space and are not necessarily software business models that you see why high growth software is such a compelling business model and one that deserves, you know, so much investment and is so exciting to work with. So it was kind of coming from that background that taught me a lot, but about working with more mature businesses or, or different kinds of businesses. And prior to banking, I actually had a totally different life as a presidential management fellow in the Obama administration, where I, I actually worked on infrastructure finance. So uh, renewable power, large satellite constellations, that kind of thing in developing markets, but that's uh, sort of for another day. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is certainly a different life, but we're happy to have you here in the SaaS world with us. So, I mean, we speak to many founders and many SaaS leaders on this podcast and, and I mean, in general at ChartMogul. And I'm really, really excited to hear from someone like you. And I'm very curious to just hear how an investor looks at SaaS businesses and how an investor looks at this space in general. And you mentioned this already that like how SaaS businesses are so attractive to you. Could you maybe tell me a little bit more what makes SaaS business so interesting to investors? Yeah, I think there's there's a couple reasons. So one is in general, software is a super high growth space. So there's lots of growth ahead for the industry. It's not a mature industry. There's lots of growth baked in in terms of long-term secular trends that you can count on. The other point about SaaS is it's a highly predictable model because it's a subscription-based model. Not every business out there, if you're like a bakery or a petrol station or 
other types of businesses, you don't have a subscription customer base, but SaaS businesses do because, because that's how the model works. And that gives a ton of predictability. And it also creates uh, built-in growth because it's much easier to sell to an existing customer an upsell or an additional product than it is to sell to a totally new customer. So it's a predictable high growth business model. The other thing that's super attractive about software is that it's an asset light business model. You don't need a lot of expensive equipment to deliver it. You just need code uh, and deliver it over an internet connection. This is, again, super different than if you're running a bakery or selling widgets or in retail or something along those lines. So you get really high margins and really cash flow generative businesses. Yeah. So we do have a plan for our conversation today. We talked about this before because we're going to speak about five metrics that matter for any market conditions, as you say. So those five metrics are growth, net dollar retention, gross margin, rule of 40, and burn multiples. So could you tell us a little bit why you picked those five metrics, why those metrics are so important to you? And what do you mean when you say that those metrics matter for any market conditions? Great. So I think there is a whole um, slew of SaaS metrics out there because it's one of these incredible business models where you can track and quantify so many different KPIs, which is you know, a real pleasure if you're a numbers or quantitative uh, person, person like me. So I wanted to kind of pick out the top five that really drive the core evaluation and getting the strongest evaluation for your business. The reason I say that they matter in any market condition is because when any kind of investor, whether it's a public shareholder evaluating a stock or a private investor evaluating a business they may want to buy, or buy a stake in, they're always looking at the stream of cash flows that will ultimately come out of owning that business. And that stream of cash flows is driven by two things. One is how much the business is growing in the long term. And then the second is how much cash can the business generate. So all of these metrics speak to growth and cash flow generation, which drive cash flow generation or margin, sort of another one way of saying the same thing which are really all businesses are evaluated on that basis. Hmm. So let's start with growth. Is growth the number one metric that you measure a company by? Is it the North Star metric that just everyone should strive to improve? Yeah, I think for a venture capital style investment, I think growth is the sine qua non. Like without it, it's not going to work of the investment. You need to be growing at extremely high rates, especially because you're a young company. You need to be getting up to scale quickly, and that growth needs to endure at high rates for a long time. Typically, this is true because you're debuting a new product that's disruptive and bringing a lot of value in a large market. And remember about VC investors that we need to generate super outsized returns, you know, 100x returns. So we need mega growth in order to get to that mega return. The other thing that's great about high growth is that it sort of solves other metrics problems. If you are adding lots of ARR at a fast clip, all your other metrics are gonna look good. Like it's, it's kind of impossible. And growth just sort of shows that the dogs are eating the dog food on your product. It shows product market fit any way you cut it. People like it, they're buying it, they're paying money for it. It's a really compelling data point. In terms of what we like to see, we usually like to see 
getting from sort of zero to one from the time you launch your product to reaching a million of ARR in around 12 months or less. And then what we like to see from there is the kind of classic triple, triple, double, 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 where you triple for two more years and then double every year from that. And this is the kind of best in class path to 100 million of of ARR. You'll get there in just six years or so if you follow that path. And that's the sort of trajectory some of the great names in B2B SaaS have followed, like Twilio and HashiCorp. One of our investments, Wiz, has actually gotten to 100 million in ARR in, I think, just two years or so, not even, which has been spectacular. I think they're really smashing some records. But that is the kind of classic uh, trajectory. So say growth is basically proving that the market is real, that the product works, and it solves for everything else. Yeah. The other point I'd like to make is on growth duration. This is a really interesting kind of metric that Bessemer Venture Partners has actually come up with, which is just looking at how quickly growth will slow down, obviously, as as you're at larger scales. But what's that ratio between this year's growth and last year's growth? Like if last year you were growing at 100% and this year you're growing at 80%, then your growth duration is you know, 0.8. And what you want to do is, is not deteriorate that. Don't slow down too quickly. What we've seen in public software companies is that while Wall Street estimates expected that growth would slow down quite quickly in software, Actually, growth rates have remained high for longer periods than Wall Street analysts initially expected, which to me shows that software markets are essentially larger than Wall Street expected. You can keep growing at very high rates at scale for a long time with really impressive growth duration. So that's a very, that's a promising statistic, I think, for for anybody getting involved starting a software business. Yeah, that's definitely a North Star metric for many, many business. And I mean, it makes sense. So I'm not sure who said it first, but I heard the sentence a few times. If you have poor retention, nothing else matters. And I mean, it makes sense, right? I see you nodding because like you can have the best acquisition engine in the world, but it, it can't save you if you don't have good retention. So how do you look at retention at companies that you're looking to invest in? Yeah, this is this is absolutely critical because the subscription nature and that built-in growth nature of, of SaaS that I mentioned earlier is what makes it so attractive. So you have to make sure that it's there. And net dollar retention is how we sort of measure this. And the image to think about is, is a kind of leaky bucket. Like if you're pouring lots of water into the bucket, you're adding lots of ARR, but you're losing ARR very quickly, your bucket's not getting any more full. So retention is super important. The metric I like to measure this with is is net dollar retention. So this is essentially looking at your customer base a year ago, that same cohort of customers, how much have you churned, how much have you upsold or cross-sold, and then what's that percentage today? So if you had $100 of ARR from some customers, you churned five and you upsold $25, then your NDR is 120 And so we really like this metric because it it encapsulates both the business's ability to retain, so minimizing churn, but also their ability to upsell because that's got to be, that's super important, not just winning new logos in B2B software, but adding additional products, expanding your platform, cross-selling, increasing usage. That's really important to 
to showing that built-in growth that will fuel your business for a long time to come. And what we like to see here is, you know, over 120% NDRs for enterprise-facing businesses. For SMB-facing businesses, typically over 110% is quite good. Certainly, you want over 100%. Again, if you've got under 100%, you have the leaky bucket problem. Yeah, because retention is sort of like the definitive proof that you are actually delivering on the promise, right? You're not just able to acquire customers, but you're actually able to keep them. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If you're, if you're losing the customers and people aren't staying with the product, something's wrong with it. Something could be wrong. So we're getting into some trickier metrics now, gross margin. Could you explain what gross margin is and how to calculate it? Are there maybe any tips you can share with folks uh, listening here to make sure, you know, we're calculating it correctly? Yeah. So gross margin is a super important metric in all sort of SaaS metric, SaaS economics, because it helps drive the, the sort of high free cash flow nature of SaaS businesses. So gross margin is essentially your revenue less your any cost of goods sold. And in a SaaS business where you're just delivering software over the internet, your costs of goods sold are super low. They're typically maybe some cloud compute costs and maybe some customer success costs, but typically it's a quite low cost of goods sold. And so healthy gross margins for a SaaS business can be 70 to 80% plus. Not every business model is so lucky. If you have a bakery or a shoe shop or something, your cost of goods sold is the cost of all the materials that you needed to make the shoe. So gross margins in other industries can really vary and can be and can be quite low. But the high gross margins in SaaS speak to the asset light nature of the business. You're selling bits, not atoms. I also like to look at gross margin because I think it's the kind of telltale sign of any fake SaaS. So technology businesses that are actually more of a service business as opposed to a software business. And you can really see that come across in gross margins. The other thing that's great about high gross margins is that if you have, after taking out your cost of goods sold, if you have 80% of your revenue left, that gives you really high, a lot of space in your cost structure to spend on R&D, improving your product, and on sales and marketing, selling and gaining more logos. So it gives you plenty of room for investment and then still to generate a lot of cash and generate a lot of profitability. The other reason gross margin is so important in looking at SaaS metrics is that a lot of other unit economics metrics like LTV to CAC or CAC payback or magic number should be adjusted by the gross margin so that when you're looking at, say, lifetime value, it's lifetime value on a gross margin basis. So again, if your gross margin is high, your other SaaS metrics will look even better. So yeah, what we like to see here is, is certainly over 70%, over 85% would probably be best in class. So this means that a company with, I don't know, 10 million in revenue might be worth much more than a company with double that revenue, right? Just looking from a gross margin perspective in theory. Yeah, it depends. So yeah, exactly. So if the, the gross margin of the 10 million revenue business is 80% and the so that they have 8 million in gross profit and the gross margin of the 20 million revenue business is only say, you know, 20%, I, I don't know what it, kind of business it is, um, then it has less gross profit than the other for sure. And it'll it'll end up having 
it'll end up having less, you know, EBITDA and less profitability at the end of the day. It will be a lot harder to get to the same amount of EBITDA and profitability because they need much bigger revenue to get to the same amount of gross profit. So it's all about that margin. Yep. Because having a high gross margin just means that you'll be able to grow faster, right? Because you have more money to spend on just growing the business. Yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly. You can grow, you can generate, you have more room in your cost structure to invest. And systematically, you know, if at the run rate, the gross margins are higher, you'll you'll have higher profitability. Got it. So the fourth metric that I'd like to ask you about is the rule of 40. Could you explain what the rule of 40 is? Yes. So this is a metric that's used in valuation across all types of businesses, not just software businesses. It is essentially the sum of your EBITDA margin and your growth rate. So if your EBITDA margin is 20% and your growth rate is 100%, your, your rule of 40 number is 120%. For normal businesses that are not venture-backed, trying to hit 40 is a good outcome. So, you know, you'll be, you'll have a, there'll be a regular type of services business or, or retail business, and maybe your EBITDA margin is 20% and you're growing at 20%, then you're a rule of 40 business because your sum is 40. For, you know, early high growth startups, you'll typically have a very negative EBITDA margin. So maybe minus 100, minus 200, something like that, but you'll have very high growth rates, you know, in the hundreds of percent. So still, nevertheless, you can end up being quite healthy on rule of 40, even with negative profit margins at the beginning. You know, in the long run, multiples are driven by this balance of growth and margin. So you want those things to kind of be in, in equilibrium. And the other thing that's nice about this metric is that it indicates, like, yes, you may be growing extremely quickly, but if your losses are extremely very, very high, then you may be executing a kind of growth at any cost strategy that isn't actually very efficient, where, you know, you can be growing a lot, but losing money at the end of the day. So I thought an interesting statistic from the recent kind of market turmoil was that historically, you know, software valuation multiples, the revenue multiple, at which you're, you're valued in the public markets, for software companies, this has typically been correlated most with how fast you're growing. But actually, during the most recent market correction, it, these multiples actually started to be more correlated with how software businesses were doing on Rule of 40, which I think indicated that people are starting, both public markets and private investors, are looking a lot more carefully at how efficiently are you growing. You know, how much lo of a loss or how much profitability does it take to continue to grow at such a fast rate. So the rule of 40 measures the, the relationship or the balance between a company's growth and profitability. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's the sum of those two. Mm -hmm. That's great. And I just to give you a sense, like for listed SaaS businesses out there, I think the median across maybe the 40 or 50 businesses in the Bessemer Cloud Index the median is about 44%. And it's a big range though. So a business that's doing very well, like say bill.com can have a rule of 40 that's like 180%. And then there are some other businesses that have this business that have this number at like in the single digits. So there can be a real range, but the median is around 40. Got it. So 
burn multiples is our last metric. And I think that's the only metric where, well, lower is better, right? Uh, could you explain what burn multiples are and you know what they tell you about the business you're looking to invest in? Yeah. So this this also speaks to kind of the efficiency of growth. And with a startup, you know, their efficiency at using cash, which is important, especially as we come into more muted fundraising in in markets and about the topic I mentioned earlier of avoiding growth at any cost, right? So your burn multiple is essentially your dollars, millions of cash burned divided by your net ARR added in that same period. So essentially, you know, your adding of ARR is kind of be all and end all for SaaS startups. This is what you want to be doing. And the burn is kind of how you do it. And so this multiple that shows the relationship between them kind of shows how well you're doing it. I think it's a kind of catch-all multiple that shows sort of all the warts that may come from all different points in the P&L if it's not in a healthy state. So what we like to see here, yes, is that lower is better so that you're, you're getting lots of ARR without burning too much cash. We recognize that, you know, for early stage startups, it will, of course, by nature, be quite high. So if you're a seed stage company, an early stage company, you know, over three is maybe normal, but burn multiples should be coming down as you grow. And we should be getting more towards under two, under one and a half is great. And, you know, one to one and a half is is fantastic. And and under one is is awesome because it means you're it takes less than a dollar for you to get another dollar of ARR, which is fantastic. And this can be measured, you know, cumulatively on the life of your startup, or it can be measured in a period. And, you know, in a more cash constrained environment like today, it's probably good to be looking at this metric on maybe a monthly and quarterly basis so that you're, you're understanding how efficiently you're growing as we go through this period. Got it. Yeah, that's amazing. So we went over five metrics, five key metrics, growth, net dollar retention, gross margins, rule of 40, and burn multiples. Jess, is there any other advice you'd like to give to SaaS founders that are looking to raise money right now? Two things. One is, I think the fundamentals of how attractive SaaS businesses are really haven't changed. They are you know, systematically, they are high growth businesses going after large, fast growing markets, software markets, and they will be uh, cash flow generative businesses, again, if you're nailing all these metrics. And so, you know, high growing cash flows is something all investors are looking for. So, you know, I'm bullish on the SaaS model and the ability of, you know, great SaaS businesses to thrive, you know, in a variety of conditions. My second piece of advice would be remember that it's not just about numbers, but also about stories. And so using your figures to tell a story and selling investors on the story of where your business is going, how they're going to be that sort of 100x scale disruptor in whatever market you're tackling is what's going to get anyone excited so I would say, you know, in the noise of all the numbers, make sure you're using your numbers to, to tell a great story. In the noise of all numbers, use your numbers to tell a great story. I love this. This is amazing. Just thank you so much for taking the time to, to share your insights today. Thank you for, for joining the SaaS Open Mic. I hope we can have you on again sometime soon. Yes, it was great. Thank you so much. 
This was the SaaS Open Mic podcast by Chart Mogul, where we talk to SaaS leaders about the inner workings of growing a business, the daily challenges, strategic moves, inspiration, and mistakes made along the way. The best teams in SaaS use Chart Mogul to measure, understand, and grow their recurring revenue. Head over to chartmogul.com for more content like this and to try the leading subscription analytics platform. That's chartmogul.com. <laughs>